1: hello everyone welcome back to the road about show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and i'm joined again by my co-host on the show here it is zachary Kruger, who's on twitter at zk underscore FFB. we are going to talk today about wide receivers that you should be avoiding at their current adp in fantasy football drafts and i think these ones might touch a nerve or two i think they're interesting players there's some of them that are players that i really really like as players but the ADP is getting a little bit out of control, so we're going to talk about who you should be avoiding. The first one up is Michael Pittman of the Annapolis Colts, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if you agree with me or not on this one. He is somebody who last year had a very solid season I guess we'll say with Carson Wentz as his quarterback who I don't think either of us are fans of Carson Wentz as a quarterback but he is currently underdog ADP of 34 and then he is that makes him just a late second round pick in terms of ADP which I think is vastly vastly too high in terms of his ADP when we look down over at the FFPC he's going in the late third round at pick 44 in terms of positional adp that makes him wide receiver 15 in terms of current drafting now he has got an upgrade in my opinion a quarterback with matt ryan i think it's a better situation than he was in this time last year but lots and lots of concerns so and we look at positional adp and um, where he is going various where we have him ranked on rotoviz.com which is wide receiver 38 at this point there is a 23 23- Positional ADP difference in that. So, what are some of your thoughts on Pittman? Is Matt Ryan the savior who takes Pittman from somebody who's solid to that superstar wide receiver? You know, if you're drafting somebody at wide receiver 15 in the second or third round, you're thinking this guy is going to be a top 12 wide receiver at the end of the season. I, I think there's a very limited upside on where we can see Pittman going. As much as I liked him before the NFL draft and how he performed last year, I think. The adp seems a little skewer at the moment for me
2: yeah so when i when i think about matt ryan and even when i think about 2021 carson Wentz, i think part of what made Wentz work well with the colts last season and what i think everyone is kind of expecting to make ryan work well with the colts this season is the fact that they have jonathan taylor at running back who You can make the argument that he's now the best running back in football um, between just what he offers on the ground, between what he offers through the air. There's, There's a lot of really great ways to implement someone of Jonathan Taylor's talent into an offense, keep things moving, put points on the board um and and things of that nature and then on top of that the Colts also have a pretty decent defense where hopefully they're going to be playing from ahead in a decent amount of their games um coupled with the fact that they play in a a pretty tough division or a pretty easy division uh against you know teams like the the Texans the Jaguars and then also um the the other team that I'm missing right now the the Titans Uh, so so when when you think about things of that nature um I think I think we're possibly looking at a Colts team that's still going to um, prioritize the run as often as they possibly can uh, with the understanding that they have Matt Ryan kind of there to, to keep drives alive when they need him to. I don't think that we're going to be looking at high volume pass uh, offense by any stretch of the of the imagination when we're considering the Colts. The other thing that I think is interesting with Michael Pittman, when we talk about how he's currently going as the wide receiver 15 In FFPC leagues, one thing that we sometimes have to remind ourselves of is that when we're looking at a player and how they produce in fantasy, we really want to be considering overall points per, or we really want to be considering points per game and not overall fantasy points. And Michael Pittman has a really big discrepancy between the two. So uh, when you look and you see that Michael Pittman had 238.6 PPR last season. That's good for the wide receiver 18 overall. You get pretty excited about that. You think, well, if I think Matt Ryan is a little bit better, maybe I can draft him as a wide receiver 15 on the FFPC leagues. Maybe he sneaks into the top 12 or better. We really like what Michael Pittman looks like. Uh, But he was the wide receiver 18 in total fantasy points, but then in points per game rank, he was a wide receiver 27, um, which, which again, that's kind of what we want to really be looking at here. So he he was a low end wide receiver three in, to- in terms of fantasy points per game on the year. He had 88 receptions for 1,082 yards and six touchdowns. By all accounts, a very solid receiver line, one that we certainly want on our team. But do we want to be taking him as a 15th wide receiver receiver? Of our drafts is really the question that we're trying to ask ourselves here, which is why we're saying that he's probably a wide receiver we should be avoiding at his current ADP. Um, I I can't take him that high. I was actually surprised when I saw him on the sheet. Uh, I actually asked you in DMs. I was like, Is Michael Pittman really that bad of a of a wide receiver to be taking right now? Because I haven't I haven't drafted a lot of him, but. Um, that that may have just been more of a personal preferencing. I hadn't really stopped to look at his, you know, his his production last season and, and you where can't he draft
1: him me. He's going too early.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and then I realized that I can't draft him. It, it's impossible to um, at this point in time. Uh, he's he's definitely a wide receiver for real life football purposes, who I do like. But I, I'm kind of out on him right now. If 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 he's falling to me as a wide receiver 15 in drafts, uh, there's there's going to be other players who I'm going to be willing to take. You know, a, ahead of him, or or maybe I, you know, just just take another wide receiver a little bit later than him, who I think can possibly give me similar similar production or better than than what he gave last season. So I, I'm out on Michael Pittman. Wide receiver 15 was very shocking to me. Um, I would actually question if people are looking at total points per game when they're considering this and not um, or if they're looking at total points and not points per game when they're considering this, because on a per game basis, he was like I said, he was a high end wide receiver three. And then we had some good rookie wide receivers who just came into the league who are probably going to, you know, outproduce Pittman just just by the fact that they're high draft capital guys who some of them are on bad teams who are going to probably see a lot of targets. So so Pittman at wide receiver 15, I think is, is a little bit too rich for me.
1: And I think we'll keep on the trend here off. Carson Wentz and wide receivers being paired together. So Terry McLaurin didn't have a really good situation last year uh, at quarterback I think that's putting it nicely with Tyler Heineke in there but when we looked in he also we were hoping at the start of the season was going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick in there which I think would have been a lot of fun having him in there I mentioned liking Michael Pittman Terry McLaurin may be one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL but in terms of his current ADP and the situation he's in with Carson Wentz I'm, I'm completely out on Wentz uh, I don't think I was ever in on Wentz at any point but he is going currently in the late third round over at underdog at pick 45 he's going to pick 49 over at the FFP PC. So, very similar range just at the start of the fourth round. In terms of positional ADP, that is wide receiver 18. We have him ranked as wide receiver 33, which is a 15 positional ADP difference at the wide receiver position. In terms of McLaurin, mentioned he has Carson Wentz there this year. I don't know how the quarterback situation is going to play out there. I don't even know if Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback come week one. So, there's a lot of moving parts, and the situation could get better for him. But the offense, how the commanders have been operating over the last couple of years. I know you're in Washington, so you might have some more inside scoops on this, but I just feel that going in that, you know, third, fourth round is is way too high for the uncertainty that's arriving here.
2: Yeah, so the the one thing that I think is interesting about Terry McLaurin, we I just harped on points per game for Michael Pittman. So let's go ahead and just run it back again. Points per game for Terry McLaurin. He finished 30th in points per game as a rookie, 20th in points per game in 2020, and then 32nd and points per game in 2021, despite each of the last two seasons going for over a thousand yards. 70 plus receptions in each of his last two seasons and a total of nine touchdowns. He actually also saw a crazy amount of air yards last season, 1700 um, from you know essentially Taylor Heineke throughout the entire course of the year, which I, I would not have personally expected that number to be that high. Uh, to Taylor Heineke's credit, he does love to air the ball out. He just does not have the arm to get it to where it needs to go, which is kind of where I think uh, those who are drafting McLaurin are, are viewing him as maybe a player who could be on the rise in, in 2022. Uh, Carson Wentz certainly has, uh, you know, the the deep ball capabilities that Heineke does not. But I, I mean, we're looking at a guy like Michael Pittman, who, who he was just, I think it was 27th in points per game last season with Carson Wentz. These are definitely different offenses at of different skill position players, but with with the commanders having Antonio Gibson on their team with them also having Brian Robinson, who they draft in the third round, they also drafted uh, Jahan Dotson, I believe, with the 16th overall pick in the first round of this year's draft. Like, There's there's a couple of players who I think were drafted, even, even though Robinson's not a wide receiver. I, I think that Washington could very much look to kind of do a similar ball control style of offense that the Colts did with Wentz last season. Uh, and if that's the case, I think that that could hurt McLaurin's upside overall if we start seeing a little bit more work um, at the running back position, maybe split between Gibson. And Brian Robinson. I don't think we can, I don't think we could ignore JD McKissick either, who they went back to vulture from the Buffalo Bills after the Bills had reportedly agreed to a deal with McKissick. Washington wanted to get him back, so they did the same there. Um there, there's some players on the offensive side of the ball, just in the backfield alone, who I think could could get a little bit more opportunity, which could vulture some of McLaren's 25% target share from last season. And then I think Jahan Dotson is going to obviously be factor into this offense as a first round draft pick and Curtis Samuels also returning. Curtis Samuels out for all of last season, essentially. He played a few games, but he might as well have not been on the field. Um, if he's back and he's healthy, which is, it seems like that's going to be the case right now. I think you also have to include him and in, in the potential list of players who could be eating into what was otherwise a very solid target market share for McLaren last season and in 2020 as well, he's seen a 25 market share in each of the last two seasons, um, or 25 percent market share in each of the last two seasons. So McLaren now he's going as the the wide receiver 18. As you mentioned, he's never cracked higher than wide receiver 20. I I, I think that you know that it, he's kind of a risky buy at this point in time. I'd be looking to get another guy, you know, may, maybe of of, uh, of you know similar value. Um, you know, in the draft who I think is maybe in a better position, not just from a quarterback standpoint, but then also just the team makeup standpoint, maybe someone who could have a little less competition for targets um, and, and fade McLaren there. So I, I would, I would probably be out of McLaren right now. I, I'm not personally drafting a lot of him. And then, again, you also, like you said, you factor in the Carson Wentz thing. Um, I think a lot of people are factoring Wentz's upside and his ability to hit McLaren deep. But you need to factor in the downside as well. I believe over the last three seasons, Wentz has averaged roughly a turnover per game when you combine not just his interceptions, but also his fumbles lost. He loses a lot of fumbles. Um, He can be careless at times. So I'm I'm out of McLaren here as kind of this idea as a a uh, mid-wide receiver, too.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize people thought there was upside with Carson Wentz, but uh, that's that's in,
2: in Washington, they do. In uh, and, and Washington, uh, the, the Commanders are a 10-win team.
1: Okay, we'll see you'd how that plays out over the course of the season. you be surprised to know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also have on the list Amari Cooper moved in a trade, obviously before the NFL draft, to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns now also traded. They were busy this offseason in terms of the trade market. They traded for Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. He is currently going at forty fourth overall in terms of ADP, and that is in the late third round in terms of where that would fall. Or over, over at the FFPC, then he is going at fifty three point five. That would be the mid fourth round for him there. But I just think that looking at, I think people are looking at this in a way that I talked talk to you before the show in terms of sometimes we see the volume play. There is the volume going to be there. He's going to be the wide receiver one. This is what we see a lot of times with running backs like say mike davis for example last year they don't have any other running backs in atlanta at the time he's going to get all the carries there's so much volume the volume's going to be great nothing happens with mike davis throughout the season i think amari cooper feels like that to me we think he's going to get you know there's nobody else there so he's going to get 200 targets this season i'm just not sure if there's anything left in the tank for amari cooper one of the biggest red flags for me this offseason with cooper as well not just the performance last year in terms of i know you're going to talk in a minute about some of the efficient project or production he had last year but the cowboys wanted to get him out of the building for whatever they could get he is on a very reasonable contract the cowboys didn't want him around (laughs) anymore and that it's not a case with like Devontae adams who the packers were going to have to pay and then he actually did want to go and play somewhere else or a situation where tyreek hill was traded away from the Chiefs in those kind of situations. This is very much, we don't want you. We're not having to pay you very much. We have you under a contract. And they moved him out of town. So I think, factor in a couple of things, Deshaun Watson, will there be a suspension? Won't there be a suspension? That's obviously going to affect things. I think that's going kind to of baked into my thought process at the moment. But Amari Cooper, for me at the moment, feels like we're still hoping that he hits the heights that we hoped when he came out of college, which when he was with the Raiders, I was a massive Amari Cooper fan hoping that the breakout would come then he got to the cowboys i thought this is when it's going to happen but with how his career has moved along um i just think that we kind of know what amari cooper is at the moment his current positional adp is wide receiver 20 that probably feels like maybe where he should be but i think that we're like when i'm at this point of the draft in the late third round i'm looking at players who are going to become wide receiver ones who are ascending talents who are going to really smash that adp and i think that he's a player at that point where he probably finishes wide receiver 16 to wide receiver 30 i think that's probably what happens with him this season i don't think he has the upside to be a top 12 wide receiver
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: adp and and the idea of drafting him probably for the the better part of the the offseason now if we if we know watson's situation over the next couple of weeks which there's a possibility that we do um maybe that'll just solidify it with me uh on one way or the going one way or the other um when i look at some of his numbers from last season i i think that he was overall relatively efficient he wasn't he wasn't this guy who who blew the world away. He was a wide receiver 29 in points per game at 13 and a half. He was a wide receiver 21 in fantasy points over expectation. Um, and then he was a wide receiver 30 in expected fantasy points, which is the lowest he's been since 2017. He did not really see a significant uh, target volume. His, his Actually, his target volume was literally the lowest it's ever been in his career at a 19% target share, which I think that if if, if we're going to get Watson for the full season, which seems unlikely, that that maybe cooper is of value right now um between i would assume but just between the idea of thinking that his his market share is probably going to go up a little bit there's no jarvis landry there. there's no odell, odell beckham jr there uh travis hooper, or um, austin hooper i'm sorry he's gone i know that he never really absorbed the amount of targets that we thought he was going to get when the browns made him like one of the highest paid tight ends in league history a few years ago uh but he's now gone they have david and Joku. i'll be curious to see what they do with him uh i I I'm, I'm probably a little bit more on the fence with Amari Cooper than you are. There, there's a part of me that still wants to draft him. Uh he averaged 13.4 points per game as a rookie. He averaged 14.5 points per game his second season and then he averaged 13 and a half points per game um last season like I previously mentioned. So so from a points per game standpoint, he he didn't exactly fall off this cliff that has me completely out on him knowing that he's also i think going to be 27 this year to enter the season so he's not even that old of a player but last season with dallas was certainly a weird one just just with everything that he saw or didn't see in terms of targets um you made the fact that uh you you know the point that dallas also kind of seemed to want him out of the building i think that's kind of interesting as well but if if the if the second receiver threatening him for targets is either david and joku or um, David Bell, who I think it was uh, a rookie who they drafted, in, I believe it was the third round this year, then if if we have enough of Watson um, playing this season, then then I might be able to talk myself into an argument that maybe Amari Cooper is being a bit undervalued right now. I guess the one question I would ask you, Colm, is given what we know about Amari Cooper right now and his current ADP, which... Uh, it sits at wide receiver twenty on FFPC leagues. Do you think that that goes up if a if an announcement is made that Watson's not going to be suspended for this season? And then on the flip side of that, do you think it drops well below wide receiver twenty if if it is announced that Watson gets a six game suspension or whatever? I, I don't quite fully understand how the the market may be baking in a potential Watson suspension into Cooper's ADP, which I think is something that needs to also be considered.
1: Yeah, I think that's baked into my thought process on it at the moment, but I don't think it's baked into some of the current ADP. I think the excitement is that Deshaun Watson is there and he's going to be throwing the ball to Amari Cooper. And like you said, there's not going to be a lot of other options there. Uh, You mentioned David Bell. He is the person that I'm drafting on on the Browns, trying to target him from that perspective. But I do think, like you mentioned, I think ADP will react to what happens. I think he probably doesn't go up as far. I think he might go up four or five. Picks at the wide receiver position but i think if if we know that it's a case that he's missing um deshaun watson for six games i think he he drops down probably around at that point so i think it's gonna be interesting but at the moment for me he's somebody with the players that he's going around with the options that are available around him and these three guys are going kind of within around and a half to two rounds of each other so some of the other options that i'm really heavily targeting from around that point or you know the guys that are in there are Deontay Johnson TJ Hawkinson is somebody I'm drafting a lot of DJ Moore is in there then we get down below that I think like Jerry Judy I know their situation with him at the moment's a bit concerning but we have Courtland Sutton there as well and I think there are guys in that range who are very very interesting but the one area there that is very intriguing for me when we get to that round is that is where the likes of Lamar Jackson's going off the board Joe Burrow's going off the board um, Patrick Mahomes going off the board Justin Herbert you know I, I'm not going and taking Amari Cooper over Lamar Jackson this year that that's for certain so I think there's a lot of players in that range in terms of how I'm building out my drafts that I'm going there at that point for one of the other wide receivers but we talked earlier this week about the running backs going in this range as well and you have the likes of Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins they're all players that I'm targeting with the upside at that point so that's another reason why not only do I think that their ADP is currently too high but the other options that I'm draft in those ranges we're going to give a bonus two more just to mention we're not going to dive into these right now but alan robinson is somebody who is going in the mid-fourth round at 53 in terms of selection on underdog and over at the ffpc he's going 64th player off the board in the mid fifth round i just think that people are building too much expectation into him landing with the rams i think always a concern for me is when a player decides that he doesn't really want to play anymore for one team maybe it's just that he didn't want to play for the bears but it's very hard to reignite that fire for him to be ready to go this season Uh, obviously the the rams with cooper cup was an electric offense last year but i don't think alan robinson is going to come in and just light the world up i think he's going to be capped at that how odell beckham did last year which was pretty solid but It's not going to be delivering you a mid-fourth round ADP uh, in in this season. And the other player they mentioned, it's a good bit further down. It's in the mid-eighth round is Alan Lazard. And I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so I'm, you know, with all my (laughs) Packers love and and my heart, uh, I think that that's much too early for where he's been drafted. We did talk about this a little bit. Earlier, before we started talking, you mentioned that Robert Tonyan and Christian Watson are going within a round off Alan Lazard. So, I think, in my opinion, there I'm going again for the the younger player, the rookie, the upside. Maybe it doesn't work out with Christian Watson there. Maybe he doesn't hit the potential in year one. Maybe he never hits that potential. But it's that thing of who has the upside, who's going to really outperform that ADP, who could be a top 24 wide receiver out of those two guys. In my opinion, it's probably not Lazard. And, you know, I take that upshot on on Watson there in the the mid-eighth round. But those are the final two guys that I wanted to throw in as a bonus. But have you anything that you want to slot in, Zach, on, on those two guys? Uh,
2: no, uh, not a whole lot. I think you kind of covered it. I'm, I am looking just real quick now at the ADPs and some of the ranges where some of these other players are being taken. I'm kind of also still thinking back to our Amari Cooper um, conversation. But you mentioned that you have guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, um going in that round of cooper and also i mean Allen robinson as well they're, they're literally just the three picks off of where robinson is going so it all kind of fits into this conversation um, pre- pretty well, I think. Um, just when you think about the idea of maybe a Watson suspension does move Cooper down, we're going to really be hoping that we drafted those guys ahead of him if that actually does happen. But then the other thing I, I think about, too, when we're talking about suspensions, um, looking at where Marquise Brown is being drafted, I, I know this is supposed to be a don't draft these players show, so I'm not going to switch the, the narrative here. But Marquise Brown is going at uh, ADP of 61.8. It's just after Mari Cooper and just after Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Don't forget that you know DeAndre Hopkins actually is suspended for six games, um, and Marquise Brown, who they traded for during the draft from the Ravens, he's probably gonna have a chance to be the wide receiver one the Cardinals for at least the first six weeks of the season. He may even end up being closer to that wide receiver one for the Cardinals throughout the majority of the year. So when we're fading someone like Allen Robinson, who we know is going to be, I think it's 29 years old to start this season. As you mentioned, he basically kind of sat out last year with the Bears too. That may be a little bit of a red flag. Someone like Marquise Brown could actually be a big value over these guys who were essentially not advocating for. So when when I look at some of these, these names and players who Um, we're seeing are overvalued i think there are definitely some undervalued guys in there like you mentioned with judy and sutton i think marquise brown very much so also falls into that category as a guy who's undervalued right now given what we already know about his situation with with hopkins being out
1: yeah and a lot of this is this player versus this player like the 1v1s and the 2v2s for when you're drafting as to how you want your roster to look at the end of it but you had on a couple of good names there but you mentioned Marquise Brown, I think he's going to have a big season, but ron Moore is the wide receiver to be drafting over in Arizona uh, for <laughs> for twenty twenty two. I hope but so. that, is, but that is going to take us to the end of today's show. Again, I am joined by my co host on the podcast. Here it is Zachary krueger Give Zach a follow over on Twitter at zk underscore ffb. You can check out all the work he's got going on there. It'll be tweeted out. It'll also be up on nbc sports edge as well as rotavis.com lots of work coming out from zach and you must read that very interesting piece last week around rushing quarterbacks and their effect on running backs and i know there is some work in the pipeline around a similar process but for wide receivers and tight ends. so make sure you are checking that out my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at to ireland and until we're back with another show have a good one